La la la, one, two, three, testing. Here on a Friday night with a bunch of idiots. Are we ready? Yeah. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's photography podcast. It is my turn to host, the hostess with the mostest. Um, now this is the last week. Uh, the podcast is to be shown on each of our individual channels. Over to Mr. Gary Norman. He will tell us exactly which, what, or what the channel is called. Gary, for next week. Yeah, so from next week, uh, so as, as James said, this week's going to go out on his, and then from about Wednesday, we're going to upload all of the old podcasts, and then from then on, all of the new ones are going to be going on a new channel, which is the Photography Podcast channel. Uh, we'll put a link up in the description, and also, I uh, didn't really mention it last week as well, but we now are a podcast as well, so if you search for the Photography Podcast on iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher or any any of your podcast sites, you should uh, it should come up. So yeah, that's uh, that's all good news, I think. Is that what we're actually called, the Photography Podcast? Yeah, officially. Yeah. yeah. Who have you been? <laughs> what else did you have in mind, Darren? No, Gary Goff. Proctology <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> did he get it wrong? No, <laughs> Gary actually said the photography podcast. And I thought, oh, we're not called that. We're just called the podcast. So obviously Gary knows more about this channel than I do. So it's the photography podcast. Is it? I've just gone along with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, just, what the, that's what the logo says there, Molly. Is I it? just wanted to announce as well that uh, next week, uh, Gary Goff will be replacing Darren. So. <laughs> Split up. <laughs> Uh, right, so I'm going to um, <clears throat> kick things off. We'll uh, start traditionally. Um, what we do first of all is go around the room, just asking what people are drinking. I'll get mine out of the way first of all. Um, not tea this week, a nice Ooh. big cup of coffee. But what's important is what biscuit have I got this week? Oh, it is. Can we guess? The bourbon. Too late. Oh, bourbon. oh, I had one of them tonight. Now, is that because you're on coffee that you've changed yeah. your choice of biscuit? Yeah, it is. Chocolate and Dunkin's. Classy. Bear with me. Classy, that. Mm. Classy. Changing his biscuits to his drink. Yeah. How, how many How many bourbons would you eat in one go? Full packet. Yeah. <laughs> no, three or four. Well, three or four. Three, yeah, no, I must I, I had I had four tonight. I, I thought that was... <laughs> I did take six out, and I gave the dog one, and then I put one back and I ended up with four. But I could, I could. That sounds eat, like I, one of them difficult maths questions, doesn't it? If the dog eats two and you begin with six, <laughs> you lose one and eat two, but you leave one down the sofa. How many do you have left? Literally, uh, literally, he said that. And I was like, no, wait a minute. That's five. That's not six. Has anybody else, but I'm not you, James, because you don't. And, and, and actually, James and Jamie, well, actually, and Dave. I'm just, I'm just, so Gary and Maddie, yeah. I'm just going to insult me, Gary and Maddie. Okay. Has anybody else put on weight during this lockdown period? Ah, funny you should ask that. Well, when we're going around saying, what are we drinking tonight? Because I've put a few pounds on, I'm just drinking water. Straight gin. And that's the edit for my mum. I'm actually drinking Bishop's Finger. (laughs) So you'll leave the water bit out, won't you? Nope. So, so have we? Have, have we yes. been putting on what? Yes. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I'll tell you what we should do. We should just all send Gary our weight in pounds and he should put it up collectively. So what the six of us weigh. And that's and then if we drop a couple of pounds every week, then we don't know who's doing it, but we'll we'll feel good about ourselves. But Gary will know. Well that, that's works. all I'm bothered about, I'll know. So <laughs> yeah. I'm actually losing I'm actually losing weight, by the way. Can I just point out? I've lost about seven pounds since lockdown. You can tell, Gary. Yeah. Have you? Yeah, it's fear. Oh, it's, I'm not just with fear. Like, fear. It's, well, yeah. it's not intentional. It's not a crap diet then, Gary. No, no, it's diet brought on by fear. Yeah. I'm like... I thought you said beer. No, fear. I can see all fear the people... The no, I can see the people dying from this coronavirus. And I'm like, I'm in that bracket, my friend. So I need to lose a bit of weight and walk around the garden a bit more. So, yeah, I've lost about seven pounds uh however the fear is receding <laughs> so the weight could come back on right? he had a hole in his jeans pocket yeah because i must admit when you and i gal we where did we go we went to it wasn't thornham it will come to me in a minute uh where all the the boats were we went down to the the, the uh the, oh, the big, wells 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 thank you and you told me that day you was on a diet until we got to the cafe. And then you had, I think it was a great big cherry cake. Because I said, it's my round, have a bit of cherry cake. And you went, all right, then I'll start the diet tomorrow. If you remember That's though, it. Darren, that was um, January, I think. And I always start a diet in January. That was last <laughs> January. And sometimes they stick like once every 10 years. And then usually they don't. But yeah, this one's, uh, this one's working all right at the moment. Good. Good stuff. So, Gary, what are you drinking then this week? Uh, I'm drinking, uh, yeah, diet, diet John Smith's. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've gone old school because I've got no chance of winning with the lager. So, uh, so yeah, I've gone for a bit of John Smith's instead. Molly? Yeah, I was just going to say, can I say to Dave Podge, if he can send me some proper cider, <laughs> much appreciated. But I'm back on the strong boat. Just watch right. it. Quickly moving on then. All right, Jamie, what, what have you got in store? Well, I'm, I'm never going to compete with Finger. I've just given up completely. So Shipyard IPA, Ghost Ship and Mad Goose. However, as an accompaniment, I have my normal pork scratchings. Oh, yeah. But also, these are fantastic. You haven't tried these rice crackers from Tesco. Oh, yeah. Chili rice crackers, they are absolutely lovely. Oh, yeah. Once you, once you start, you can't stop. So the trouble is, they'll play havoc with the audio. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. So oh, they already have. <laughs> <laughs> I'll open them in a break. <laughs> Authentic audio, that's all. Um, oh, yeah. Darren? Guinness? Oh, no, not this way. Helen went shopping today, funny enough, and I just asked her to get some more Guinness because we was out, and all she could get was, was back on the, the Fosters today. Or bottle, yes. bottles of Carlsberg. But You're going to get relegated small. at this rate, mate. I know. I kind of started off at the bottom. I went up to the top with my Guinness, and now I've come crashing back down. I did actually ask for some John Smith, but she couldn't get that either. Oh, I've got some of that. Look. Here's a question. What do you reckon Gary Goff will be drinking next week when he replaces Darren? Budweiser <laughs> <laughs> again. Blush. Mm. God, Budweiser's awful. I don't drink a lot, but I, I used to drink Budweiser. It's like perfume water, gassy American rubbish. You not agree? Yeah. Red Stripe. Red yeah. Stripe Budweiser. Red Stripe. Yeah, All that kind of... 
Yeah. When I used to do the clubbing in uh, Manchester, you'll know about this, won't you, Molly? Yeah. Uh, uh, Red Stripe was key. Oh, yeah. Red Stripe, that's the end of days. Yeah, definitely. Red Stripe everywhere in Manchester at one point. <laughs> when I was a youngster, we didn't have clubbing. We had discos. Discotech. Uh, yeah, the old discotech, yeah. Well, it's yeah. 70s day, this is, isn't it? Yeah. D-I-S-C, yeah, okay. <laughs> Oh, John Travolta. You've got the waves now, in fact, haven't you? I, I must say. I, I was seeing Dave with a pair of roller boots on, man. Yeah. <laughs> Sparkle. Xanadu. When, when you used to go out, did you used to wear, like, I'm, I'm not taking the mickey because I had to do this when I first started going out. Do you remember wearing, like, a blazer and a, like, and a, and a tie, a shirt and a tie? That was 90s. And chinos, beige chinos. Oh, beige chinos. And, and it had to have an emblem. Yeah, yeah. That's a really nice emblem as Red well. Yeah, Red dresser Red. boys. Yeah, I was a mod with a Harrington jacket and all the. Uh, all the yeah. So did I. Yeah. The old Parker fishtail. Fishtail Parker. I was a I was a punk rocker, and I went home one time with some bondage trousers on, and my mum and dad fell about laughing. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought they were cool because they were autographed by Susie Sue. Oh, and as I he as I heaved my leg up onto the bench for her to sign with a felt pen, she looked me in the eye and said, "Have you tried limits? <laughs> they were, they were the, the diet biscuits of the time." Right. <laughs> so I stopped being a punk rocker after that. So, so let's get this straight. So we're talking back in sort of the let's say the mid eighties, right? Early, early to mid eighties. So Mods, let's go through yeah. the eighties. So you, Darren, you were a mod. Right? Well, I well I can't really class myself as a mod, but where I grew up on the estate in London. So this this age, I was only about twelve, and the the mods had kind of been and gone to a degree. Yeah, yeah. yeah and there was a load of kind of I think a 17, 18, 19 year old guys on the estate. It was no longer mods, so they were selling their uh, some of their clothes. And one of them was the big fishtail Parker that he slept outside on the street outside the Rainbow to get into a, to a concert. And I thought that was pretty cool. So yeah, so the, oh, there I was, twelve years old, with this big fishtail Parker that <clears throat> hit the floor with me jam shoes and me two tone suit. Yeah, remember the stay pressed trousers with the fluorescent stay, socks. Stay pressed trousers. Oh, oh, God, don't even, don't even. Different fluorescent socks. The colours, the orange and the it yellow. It was, yeah, that's yeah, right. that's and right. The uh, slip on shoes. And your Frankie yeah. says, Frankie says, relaxed t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really I, moved, I moved on to. I had. A, did you ever have a back perm? Anybody have a back perm? I know. Probably some of us have still got one, but no, I used to have one of these, one of these really long back perms that were fashionable. The mullet, in, uh, the mullet. The mullet. Yeah, mullet. pretty much. Shot the at top, curly yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. What, what is no, it? Business yeah. at the front, party at the back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A bit like what I've got now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Come on, Mally. What was what was you, mate? As a... I was big fleurs. I always wore massive twenty-seven inch bell bottoms in it, <laughs> a big baggy hooded top with suns on and storm yeah. roses. Still, yeah. so I think me and Mally we went through same same area, same area didn't it? early nineties. Yeah, raves. Storm roses day. It was a Spike yeah. Island. Big. I had eighteen inch bottom flares. Yeah. So yeah, did you actually visit the hacienda? Yeah, yes, several times. Yeah. I think. I think that yeah. was the place. Can't remember. Yeah, yeah. So, oh. so you're you're all mods, punks, 
indie Stone Roses, late late eighties, early nineties. And I was into Kylie and Bloody Jason and Bros. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not joking. Especially and then, for you. And then right, I went from Kylie and Jason. <laughs> Kylie, Jason, Bross, Stock Aitken and Waterman. I went straight into Iron Maiden and Metallica. <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> so that was a bit of a change. Extreme. Queen yeah. as well, Gary. Yeah. Queen, you're queen. Bit of, bit of Queen, yeah, bit of Queen. And then I moved on and then I was all Britpop then from then on. And I still, I love Oasis. Just yeah, love it. them. Same So I remember Britpop, Oasis and Blur, all that era. Yeah, yeah Charlatans. Charlatans. Um, you know what you said, Darren, about this being called the Photography Podcast? Yeah. <laughs> we talked yeah. about photography. Right, listen, I, I've got something to talk about, yeah? Go on. Critiquing. Okay? Okay. We either love it, we don't love it. Don't love it. I personally, I like to be critiqued, and I think it's really important, especially if you want to develop your landscape photography. One, what's your thoughts about getting critiqued, and what's your thoughts on who should qualify as someone to critique your work. Can I jump in? Go on. We go into Salford University. The big, big thing was critique. And it was twice a week. I saw people brought to tears. It, it was horrendous, you know, you'd spend all week, the week before, making a piece of art or photography. But the thing was, the guy who was giving the critique had done everything it produced for bands that were talking about it, photographed like the Smiths and, you know, he, this guy was revered. He was a great teacher, but the critiques were just so tough and hard on you. And I learned a lot from it was to just ignore the bastard and do what you want to do. <laughs> just do what you want to do, but, but don't be, don't use your ego. Think about it. Be honest with yourself. So if you don't agree with what someone's saying, take it on board anyway. Even if you ignore it, still listen. And that, that that's how I feel about it. It's an opinion, isn't it? It's yeah. got to be done constructively. Yeah. There's, they've got to be done, start with positives, a few better ifs rather than that's crap. Well, that's yeah. brilliant. It helps no one does that. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Someone was saying that um, the best the best form of critique is to do a a, what's it, a, a positive sandwich, is it, or something, or a negative yeah. sandwich. So you start off with yeah, yeah. So you start off with yeah. a positive that's really goes be beautiful light. Then you've got your shit, your your, your filling. Uh, I eat out of focus, and then you end on another positive, brilliant yeah. colours or something like that. Yeah. So you go away from the critique is with a, a more positive feeling, but back in mind, yeah, you think about that negative. It's much yeah. better though to have critique than just to have loads of people go, oh, great shot, oh yeah, love yes. that, amazing. Yeah, yeah, because no one wants that. I mean, actually, lots of people probably want it, but no one really wants it. It doesn't. It doesn't do anything to further you or better you as a photographer because half the time people are just being nice for the sake of it. You know, I'd much rather when I when I put out a photograph or when I do a video, I'd much rather someone was, you know what's the word, constructively critical over it than just went, oh, yeah, great, great video, amazing video or amazing photo because that doesn't give you anything at all. You know when you heart, though, don't you? You know when you put something out, you think, oh, God, I've left a couple of dust spots or 
you know, it's not point not 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 three off on the horizon. You know who I'm talking about. Are you referring to something there, Mally? That's no, I'm just saying that we all know, don't we? We all know in our hearts, if we're honest with ourselves, that's how I think. I think critique's fabulous. It helps people. But if you just stopped and come, went away and come back and looked at your, your art or whatever you're making, your performance... You know, you just know in your heart. You, think, you do, Molly, but you, I, I think it's a, it's from the feedback which you receive in the first place. You might instantly put it in the back of your mind, but then you go away, look at it again, you think, actually, what he said back then, I've applied it here. But I love feedback that can take you in a direction you might not have thought of. So that that's good feedback. Yeah, that's yeah. Critiquing. yeah. That's, yeah. There's a big difference between being critical and critique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. It's about having the opinion, though, James, because everybody, you know, I think, at the level, I guess, and when I say the level, I guess, at the standard of the type of work that I guess us guys produce, you know, it's good to get opinions from other people in terms of whether you think that's good, it's bad, or whether there's anything about it technically that doesn't work, or the rest of it. just just to get an opinion because it's so subjective, isn't it? Mm. Photography and image and creating images are so subjective, and you may look at it. And there's loads of stuff I've, I've produced and, I've, and I'm thinking, I just don't like that. And then you share it on social media and actually, oh, that's great. That's great. That's great. Now, yeah, there's going to be the, the likers that will just like it anyway because they like maybe you or whatever. But it's when you get an opinion from somebody you think, actually, I respect their opinion. then you think, actually, that's good because you've got another view on your image rather than just your own view on it, which is very subjective to what you were thinking and what you created. So I think, I think critique is great to understand whether what you're seeing is right or wrong or whether what you're seeing just is through your own lens, which is that looks fantastic, but to everybody else, it's just a pretty mediocre image, really. I wonder as well if there's a good time to get critique because how many of us, I mean, I know that I, I definitely do this. As soon as I've edited a, a photo and I put it out there, I pretty much 99% of the time think that's the best photo I've taken or that's an amazing photo because it's my most recent and it's the one I've got the most connection with at that point in time. So if someone's at that point critiquing my work, I'm less likely to listen to them. I'm probably going to go, no, 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 because this, this, no, this is the best photo I've taken because I've got that emotional connection. So maybe if a couple of weeks down the line, someone then critiques your work, you might be a bit more receptive to it and you might say, oh yeah, actually now looking back on it, I can see that there, you know, this was not quite right or that could have been done better. I, um, I put <clears throat> two photos on Instagram, fun enough, yesterday, put one on yesterday and one on today. And they was effectively, I don't know if you guys saw them, it was effectively the same tree, pretty much the same composition. Mm-hmm. And With the bench. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I put it on. Yesterday was a, a portrait of the tree yeah. uh, with the sunlight coming through, hitting the chair. Yeah. And then today, I put the same, pretty much the same image up. That's the one, yeah. Yeah, that's the one, mate. And um, I put the same one up today, but that was landscape. And I just kind of said, oh, I'm not personally, I'm not too sure which one I prefer. And if you kind of read through the, the comments... From last I looked at it, it was about 50-50. 50% like the landscape, 50% like the, the portrait. And they was kind of saying what they liked and perhaps what they disliked about it. But my point is, critique's okay, 
But it, as Jamie said, everything is so subjective. So you can't listen to people too much because today was a great example. Who do I listen to? Because it was 50-50. So you got on Instagram, you're critiquing or... Yeah, well, I, I mean, I didn't ask necessarily for the, crit- for the critique. I just said on today's post, because I put that one up yesterday, which one do you prefer? And if okay, you look, yeah. it, was, it was really yeah. good. There was probably about 10, 12 comments, I think, just comparing the two, saying why that some of it was just, I like the portrait. Some were saying, I prefer the landscape. But some went into a little bit more detail, which was, which was quite good. There was some good feedback, but it was 50-50. I think one of the crucial things for me, as far as critique is concerned, is who it's from and where it's coming from. So I, I had an image critiqued and I hadn't invited it. I just put it on social media and somebody who... I respect immensely. We all know who it is and I'm not going to say any names because that would be inappropriate. But he contacted me privately and said, have you thought about maybe if you just tweaked this aspect and that aspect? And he was very, very circumspect about it. And he was absolutely right. And when I had tweaked it the way he suggested, I thought that is amazing. And it went straight into my portfolio. And it wasn't even close to being a portfolio picture prior to that critique. Mm. Um, and the image is one that I took when you and I were out, Darren. Oh, no, I, I remember it. I remember it. I, I, I was just looking across. There was some nice light, and I thought, oh, I'll just grab a shot of that. And it, it's the end image of all of my videos. And without that critique that would have been consigned to the dustbin almost. Mm. You know, it would have been, oh, yeah, here's one. It was all right, nice light, stick it up, get a few likes, move on. Uh, so there's immense value in the right sort of critique. And I think the, uh, the, the thing that you need to bear in mind is to, if, if it feels right, take it on board. But if it's just either blowing smoke or, you know, it's coming from somewhere that's either jealous or incompetent, to know enough to say, yeah, okay, I'll disregard that then. Yeah. I think that's the key thing about criticism from my perspective. I, I welcome it, but I also know enough to, to whether to take it on board or not. That's a problem though, isn't it? It's like, it, it's, it's all well and good. If we, as, a, as, you know, as, as the standard we're at, say, I'm not going to take that on board because I can see differently, but it becomes dangerous where you start to get people, like you say, who are incompetent, don't know what they're talking about criticizing or giving critique to beginners who who don't know whether that's valuable critique or not and, yeah. and that's when it becomes an issue because then you know they're they're giving advice to someone that's incorrect and they don't have the experience mm. to see through it that's a good point when i'm working with people i've had people say oh well i was told to do this or to do that and they've taken it on board and it's it's patently not helping them. It's really tying one arm behind their back. And I feel really sorry that they felt that that critique was valid and they didn't know enough at that point to be able to evaluate it effectively. Yeah. I think you can take that in terms as well, of not just critiquing work, but actually learning the skills of photography. Because when I first started, there was a lot of things that really bothered me about, you know, I must make sure that, that you know, that I've got the hyperfocal distance right and I haven't got a clue what focus stacking is, but clearly that's really important. 
And, you know, this is really important and that's really important because you get told it. You get told it over and over again by all these pseudo experts. You must be able to do this and you must need to do that and you must need to do that. And actually, most of it is pretty irrelevant. You know, there are several key things about composition and light and, you know, there are technical things that you need to be able to do. But there's loads of it that's completely superfluous and you get told that that's really important and, and that's not right. You know, just, I think I think I've said before that I I help run a uh, Facebook sort of photography learning group, and on a Friday they do something called Critique It Friday, where they invite all of the members to post up images, and then the the, the guy who runs it and I I sort of jump in on the landscape ones, give them the critique, and I know because these guys are they're there to learn, so they they they're relative newcomers, they yeah. understand the basics, some are more advanced than others. And they get so much out of that critique because, you know, they're posting up their images that they think, well, I'm not 100% confident with it, but I'd like you just to let me know how I can improve it or what I can do to make it better. And isn't it rewarding to see the improvement as the weeks go by? Absolutely. And it really is. And I've seen some people really progress on that group because they've taken on board that criticism and they've understood, you know, a compositional change or something that can really help them the next time they're out, look at that differently, get a better shot. And they come back and think, well, I've taken on board what you said last week and this is what I've done this week. What do you think now? I think, brilliant. That's really good. You're progressing. You're getting better and better. And that's really the value in critique the way I see it is that you've got, it's a learning tool. It's helping you to improve and get better all the time. Yeah. And you, you choose what snippets of information is given to you. Um, but I, mean, I think we touched on it last week. At the end of the day, it's your own personal touch, how you approach it, and then you're going to build up your own brand. I, was, I know we said this before. Have you ever seen the standard drop, however, following continuous critiquing? Uh, you mentioned before where you feel that the standard of someone who's critiquing someone is wrong. So have you seen evidence where someone's standard, a beginner's, has dropped at all? Mm. I haven't to answer that question, James. No, in terms of what I've seen, I haven't seen anybody standard drop. I think th- people go out and try something new, uh, and and probably haven't grasped it well enough. You know, so you know, HDR bracketing is a great example when somebody goes out and tries to take bracketed shots and then blends them together and don't quite get it right or haven't tweaked it right in post processing. But that again, that's just a learning, really. So they come that's back a and say. It is. It's a technical thing. Yeah. Uh, and that's what, and that's the key to, to critiquing. It's not just critiquing, you know, composition, it's critiquing everything. And, and it's those little tweaks around, okay, well, this is a crop issue. So you've got this cropped, you know, if you cropped it this way, it's going to look better. This is a processing improvement. If you just look at your clarity and your saturation and just look at that. So it's all elements that just add together to make, just to help them along that journey. Really. Mm. I always think about the masters, think about people who, you know, 3,000 years ago, think about what different artists were doing. And they were probably critiqued because they weren't at a certain level. You know, it was hieroglyphics 3,000 years ago. Sculpture or... Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Sculpt, still art. It's all art. It's all perspective. It's all composition. <laughs> it's communication. It's all... More communication, though, wasn't it? So then tapestry, for instance. So you're moving through the ages, and you get now where it's so fast, it's so quick, and it's, each and every one of you has talked about a different person's perspective. That's crit- critique for me. It's someone else's perspective on the work you've done. 
whether you mm. take it on board or not, it would then change your perspective on the work you've then produced. So if someone says that crop, you could do this, maybe you make it, you know, 16 by nine, what, it changes the artwork from what your perception was originally to someone else's, which is fine. But for me, I think there comes a point where, yeah, you take it on board or not, but going through the ages, and do you think someone came up to Michelangelo and said, you know, you've not painted a, 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 a boobs, just not, it's not quite right. Do you know what? I think he, he would have said, he might, he might have sat there and gone, you've got a point there, Reverend, but how many 16 chapels have you painted, pal? Perhaps that's the thing, though, Manny. Perhaps it's more, perhaps critique is more useful when you're talking about technicalities. So when you're critiquing someone's technical skills, so you could say, do you know that's, you know, blown out highlights there a little bit, or do you know you've lost? There's no excuse for that, of course. Yeah, there's no excuse for that. Don't even even go there. Perhaps. (laughs) So what I'd just like to say is, uh, throughout the years, we mentioned it already, we set our standards. I mean, where did the rule of thirds come from? It's come from, what, two, three hundred years ago, didn't it? When it... Greek it back architecture. Yeah. Is it golden, golden spiral? Thousands of years. So we set our standards and that will evolve over years as well. What we're talking about now, again, will be replicated over the over years to come, won't it? Because that's the standard. I also think I also think that the most valuable critique though is that that's based around a dialogue. Because if if you if you put your artwork out there and then you get a a missive that explains to you where you failed that's not entirely useful I think if you can if you can have a dialogue with somebody and say uh, I'm just looking at this aspect of it you know where are you coming from with that and then you can say well I was thinking this that and the other I think that when you have that dialogue it allows the person providing the critique to be more constructive and, and so I think that, you know, that's an important aspect. I think social media critique is almost worse than useless. Yeah. But I think if you can sit down with somebody who you respect, who, who understands where you're coming from, you know, we've talked last week, Mally, you talked about having punched in an image. We talked about, you know, the emotion of photography, you know, where, where it creates an emotional response generally speaking it you know you could argue that it's directly proportional to how good it might be classed as being um and you can't dis- you can't deal with that in a critique you have to have a discussion around it and and for me in instances where somebody i found has been really helpful to me it's always been based around a dialogue i'd imagine well, there are some brilliant photographers who if they took on board critique of what should be done and what shouldn't be done, they wouldn't even be producing work, you know, yeah. and they're, they're the, they're the people pushing the boundaries. They're the people who are putting stuff out there. That's completely, you know, off the scale. And if they'd have listened and said, Oh, you know, you know, to take for instance, someone who, who focuses purely on ICM, you know, how can you critique that? Can critique it. Yeah. You know, and 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 if if someone would say, well, I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure you should be doing that. Really, you should be, you know, getting the rule of thirds and everything. You know, they'd they'd never do it, and you might lose out on some absolutely fantastic art. You know, Jackson Pollock, yeah, Andy Warhol, yeah. You know, don't put those four people the same picture side by side. You just not right, mate. Yeah, I come yeah. from the graphic design 
point of view. And some of the best graphic designers have broke all the rules and gone on and blown the doors off everything mm. and created a new world of art. So it's difficult because photography, I think, is still classed as quite a classical way of thinking. But I quite like to blow the doors off, if you like. I, I like to make shit images and know the shit and know why the shit, but then give them some form of beauty, make them something that's got personality, something I like. That though, Mally, that, right, is exactly it. It's what you just said there. You like to make them shit and know their shit, right? That's the difference. It's when you've done enough of a body of work that people can see that you're a capable photographer, that you can then go and do something that people might look at and say, if you were a beginner, they'd say, well, you've clearly not paid attention to that. But if you've got a body of work behind you, they'll look and say, oh, he's done that on purpose. I bet you Ansel Adams, right up to the point where he, he was going, was like, I'm still not happy. That's art. It's forever. Art confuses me. I mean, <clears throat> I remember being at school and somebody took a shit on the pottery teacher's desk and, and said it was art. Now, I don't know. How sort of school did you go to? I don't know. I don't know if that's art or not. All I remember was the caretaker coming up with a I stick. I thought you were going to say he switched on the turntable and turned it into He had to come up with a stick and knock it into the box. I'm going to tell you now, now that wasn't art. But it, but no, but joking aside, that evokes that evokes an emotion. So is that what art is meant to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The lady who ate a big block of chocolate and shat it out as well, isn't there? And then there's the unmade bed by yeah, chicken. Yeah, as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think I'm starting to appreciate art more as I actually get older. Well, you will if a lump of shit is setting the standards, absolutely. <laughs> It's like the ICM thing. There's there's people who critique that lump of shit all day long because they, they love it. Not quite you turned know. out as yeah, not, well. not as curly oh, as it should be. <laughs> Has anyone got a flare to add to it? No, I'd have made it a bit darker. <laughs> <laughs> Darren's poos went Guinness. Oh no, he's on Fosters. I'm on Fosters now. I should have eaten more sweet corn. Yeah, not enough <laughs> sweet corn and nuts. That's interesting. Very interesting subject, isn't it? Um, what has, has anyone been watching any interesting vlogs this week at all? Anything stand out? Opening me chilli crackers, hang on. Jay Gilmore's done a lovely one with his little lad on the, the farm. Short film, yeah? Oh, I don't know. spoil it, I haven't watched it yet. Oh, well, I won't but say anymore, is, oh. but it's good. Yeah. <laughs> it's grand, it's grand. Very, very good. Very uh, emotional to me, that. I don't know about rest here, but there was, there was, it was so transparent and truthful, really. Yeah. I'll tell you, I've been uh, watching this week, and I, I, I introduced him to you today, Molly, Tiny oh. Tim. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right, Tiny Tim. Oh. Yeah, he's brilliant to you. Couldn't believe that. Yeah. <laughs> have you only just discovered him? Fant yeah, I have. Fantastic. I'll tell you what, the guy's on a winner. It's not getting nearly a million subscribers, is it? I hear him right here. I'll, I'll drop a link to his channel, by the way. <laughs> I will. All worth watching. Yeah. You do a collab with him, James. A collab would be good. Hello, yeah. my name's Johnny Jack, and I'm age 48. 
We're going to photograph Gwen Catherine today. Gwen Catherine? Oh, it's bloody stupid, isn't it? Am I a fool? I'm only wearing my little shorts. Anyway. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's the trouble is, anybody oh. listening on the podcast version is going to have no clue. Uh, this is all about creating a mystery. Uh, um, Darren, just like to say congratulations. Yes. 3,000 subs. Well done. Massive. Yes, well, well done. done. Thank you. Well done, mate. Yep. yep. Probably known as the Birdman now. Yep. I, I am, yeah. It's a bit, it's a bit I'm, I won't lie, it's a bit overwhelming, actually. You didn't expect it? <clears throat> no. No, and I'm I'm not saying I'm not comfortable with it, but the video has got so many views now. I do feel a little bit because I went up it took me a long time to kind of reach two thousand subs. And honestly, subs was never really it's always nice to see your channel grow. Um, you know, I'm not gonna lie with that, but kind of organically, you know, kind of perhaps you know, one week you might get 10 subs, 20 subs, you know, that kind of, that kind of thing. But the last kind of 28 days, it's been about 1200 subs that I've got, <sighs> which is, you know, so that's like a third. 25,000 views, is not it? Brilliant. I must admit, see, I'm the kind of person that I like to, I, I'm, when I normally put a video out at Saturday morning at 8.30. I normally... I'm out before then. I'm on a beach somewhere or I might be in Snowdonia with Dave or wherever. And then that kind of video comes out. But if I'm local, I've kind of got a bit of a routine. I normally go out and shoot sunrise, get home for about 11 o'clock and have a cup of tea with Helen and whatnot. And then I normally go around the local pub, which is only like about a hundred yards from where I live. And then about one o'clock in the afternoon, I'd sit actually normally in this very chair and then I'd go through the comments and I'd reply. And there might be perhaps 20 comments by one o'clock. Well, definitely by close of Sunday, I'd replied to everybody. But at the moment, I can't actually reply to everyone. And it just feels alien to me. And I feel at the moment that I'm replying for the sake of replying to be polite. And it's, it just feels a little bit overwhelming. I'm not, I'm not used to having... Yeah. this many comments and this many views. Does that make sense? Yeah. Hey, my, my, my heart bleeds for you. Hey, hey. <laughs> oh, jealousy there. Did anyone feel that jealousy there? <laughs> gutted. Absolutely. I, gutted. I, I understand exactly what Darren is meaning because he genuinely wants to reply to everyone mm -hmm. and it becomes so much sometimes that... It's not practical. Sometimes you can't practice oh. can you? You can't. But I tell you what, even it's just a, a thank you, put the name to it. Yeah. Have you seen the standard replies that you two are now uh, are offering? And and you look at them and you think, what kind of muffet is going to use one of them? It's it was embarrassing. No, I'll tell you what I try to do. You see, it, we spoke about Ian Mack before, you know, who subscribes to our channels. You see, sometimes I almost leave, like say, Ian's reply to the end. Yeah. Because Ian and people like Ian, they do such huge comments that I feel that I have to reply with almost the same mm. length Effort of comment. Yeah. If yeah. someone just puts on, the, you know, I oh, enjoyed the video, then I can just reply, cheers, thanks very much. But if someone goes to the trouble, almost like we were saying about critique, and it's a really long comment, I feel that just by putting a thumbs up or cheers for that, 
it's not enough. So it, oh, don't it, tell me. You look at it and your heart sinks. You think, bloody hell, I've got to write an essay. Well, if there's, because some of these have been, like, there's about been 20 comments that have been really long and I'm just thinking. You know what? I, I, have, I have the opposite. And the reason I have that is because I reply with this very microphone. I dictate everything to my computer and it types it for me. So it takes no time at all. Thanks for snowballs. I've just eaten yogurt. What? <laughs> your, your auto reply, does it not go, like, say things like, thanks for those strawberries, I've put them in my poo hole. <laughs> I'll try that one. But I have I have one chap who, who every <laughs> I've got one guy that writes into every single video, and I've got to be honest with you, I, I have huge gratitude to this chap because he was watching my videos when I had 17 chins didn't know where the camera was facing and and it was utterly rubbish and every single video he leaves a comment that just says thank you can i just say there can and, i just say that having 17 chins does not make you rubbish all right <laughs> okay all right i i i, I, I look like jabba i look like jabba the hurt in my i own. don't appreciate that comment it's fattest <laughs> and, it's, and you need to stop now anyway carry on you need to grow a bigger beard. It looked like Mike, Mike McManus. <laughs> but no, so, so I find it more difficult to find something useful to say to somebody that literally 143 times has written in and said thank you. I find every, that harder to read. Every comment, every comment, though, it's amazing. Oh, it I is, I still yeah. can't believe yeah. it. Yeah. I still can't believe it. I still sit there sometimes and think, what this is these are people this is wonderful yeah i think we've spoke about this before about having a youtube channel and it is genuinely the interaction and i think that's why because of this one particular video i did find it like quite overwhelming because yeah. i do like to reply like we all do we all like to read the comments and then reply to the comments we feel i feel it's quite personal and i do appreciate everybody that's done it i mean i've seen some videos that have had like loads of views you know kind of say 20,000 30,000 and when you look in the comments section there might be like less than 10 there's been so little interaction yeah yet my videos which normally on average normally get between say 800 and a thousand views I bet at least there's at least 25 to 30 comments which I think is is really good you know I really do appreciate that I've said this in my uh, in my <coughs> my second Q and A video out Monday, by the way. Um, <laughs> I said no, yeah. I said this in my second Q and A. I think I did. Shit, I might not have said it now. Anyway, if I didn't say it, I thought it. Um, <laughs> comments for me are way more important than views and subscribers. It's the interaction you have with people. Someone asked me about growing their channel, and for me, it's my, the biggest thing is is the interaction. That's how you judge if 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 you're if you're you know succeeding if you like as a, as a youtuber it's not about even if you've only got 20 people watching if half those people are commenting then you you're interacting and you're doing all right you know and, and like darren said that that's the key that i think that's the key it's the it's like there are loads of people out there with many many thousands of subscribers who get very few views and again exactly and it, that does what does that mean you know, equally, there are loads of people who get loads of views, but no, no one's bothering to comment on them. So, what does that mean? Is there any? Do you feel guilty 
about unsubscribing to somebody that you just don't watch. If, if, sorry, I should add to this, if you know them and you genuinely like them as a person, would you unsubscribe from their channel? I've never done it, so I've never done that. Is it a secret? You want to try hide, Darren? Or? There's, uh, there's a lot. No, because it, I tell you what, Darren, it's quite easy not to watch a video. Yeah. Mm. Simple as that. Yeah, mm. keep subscribed to them and just just don't, you know, you know, all of a sudden there might be a diamond from that person. You yeah. might not be enjoying it because it's not your cup of tea. It's as simple as that. Is it warm? Is it cold? Is it brandy? Is it Coke? Not quite what I want to drink tonight. And then all of a sudden they, they, they put a video out that's an absolute banger. It's cider. Oh. <laughs> yes, this bloke puts a video out how to shoot birds in his back garden. You think, oh, yeah, I'll tune in. That. <laughs> <laughs> there, but there are people, I'll bet you if you went around all six of us, there are people that the other five really like but the other one doesn't quite get, you yeah. know? And, and, yeah. I, and I think that's just life. It's like, it, it's just, yeah. everyone has their own opinions and everyone has their own preferences. And yeah, I think if you, there, there are people, I'd imagine if you looked at my subscribe list, there are people who you would think, how the hell are you not subscribing to him? You know? Oh, you just made me think, Gary. Um, Again. People say about, con uh, about, um, collaboration mm. uh, and all this with more viewers and more subs and this that and the other here's an example me and gary went out together at salford and it was shit it was what was what was but well, gary's but company it, it didn't matter it didn't matter <laughs> do, do, do you want to take this offline or <laughs> hang on a minute i thought it was all right no, what, what, what do you mean what what was actually shit what was it, shit it, it, the, the performance of the video, oh. I actually thought... Oh, that would be me. That would be I'm me, I'm quite Mally. shocked because me and Gary just did it because we did it and we had a laugh and a chat and we took some pictures and it wasn't... So for, there seems to be a culture of thinking that collaboration leads to more subscribers or if you've got 20 YouTube or Facebook accounts that you're going to get more involved. And in generally, Mal, it does. It does result it, it, in more subscribers. Ah, short term. But, but, but the video term. itself doesn't really attract a lot of views. Mm. It's just what that I initial found. peak that you might get. I think at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you can have as many collaborations and pay as many people as you want to promote your work and go on as yeah i know look i've I'm already really lost, not aware of this payment policy i've already lost uh someone this week who's got upset over something i said last week but i don't care about a bit you've gained three so it doesn't matter yeah yeah you can you can have as pay as many people as you want to go off and 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 promote you you can do whatever you want but it isn't going to make you any better as a, as a vlogger at the end of the day you're either good you, you, you will find your level because people will either watch you or they don't. If you go off and, and promote yourself with, if I paid Thomas Heaton £10,000 to go to Patagonia or Antarctica or wherever it was with him and said, oh, listen, Thomas, now I've paid you this money. Do you mind just doing a little vlog with me? I'm sure he's not going to say no. But at the end of the day, people, are not, people aren't going to watch. They might watch that one for Thomas Heaton being in it, but they're not going to watch the rest of them for me being in it because... It's about me, not about Thomas Heaton anymore. Uh, you, but you say that. Now, one of my favourite vloggers is Nev Cartledge. Uh, yes. I've just and I would have never have known about Nev 
hadn't I've seen him on, on Tom's, Tom's video. Yeah, right. Now I hear yeah. what you're saying, Gary. I really do. If you know, if you're there purely to really kind of promote yourself, perhaps maybe not. I, I don't really know. I, I don't really want to kind of go down that route. But I think for us, if we hadn't have all collaborated, we wouldn't be doing this. We wouldn't have the relationship that we've currently got. And all any one of us can go out with each other as as a friend. Yeah. I I don't need you, gal, to go out with Jamie because I don't know Jamie very well, and I don't know need to go out with Jamie because I don't know Mally very well. You know, we're all mates, and without the collaborations, we, we wouldn't have had this. So sometimes I'll go down that route. But I'm not collaborating. I haven't done a collaboration with any of you guys because I thought about views or subs. Well, you should do because I'm a big deal in the game well, you now. Are, you are now yeah. <laughs> no, but I can. I went off every every single person that I've spent any time with is because I've wanted to because I thought they might be a nice guy. Oh. No, but that's true though. I've never like if you look at it, I think that there's probably one or two people who I've done stuff with who had more subs than me. Generally, everyone who I collaborated with had less. So it's not about I don't do it because of trying to gain anything so see vlogging for me is like a second wind in terms of gaining friendships i went through a period where what 30s early 40s where you know i've gone past me drinking me clubbing days all my mates have sort of like grown up the grown families but soon i started to vlogging about three years ago through calibrations through yourself and other people chris sale great mate of mine you know, obviously it's, it's evolved in a good friendship uh, workshops, but it's expanded the friendship. It's like a second lease of life, isn't this? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I'm sure it's the same yeah. for most of us here. Mm. Key yeah, to that, what exactly you just said about life, yeah. life, long term, life, friends. It's yeah. not just about the subs, it's not just about getting you. It's true friendship. It was one of the reasons I joined the, joined the YouTube community was was because of that, the community yeah. and the people that you meet, you know, and the stuff that we're doing now, even this podcast is like brilliant. You know, we, we've, we've all met each other and known each other before, but you get to know people better, you get more friends and, and you create that, that friendship that becomes much bigger than photography, really. Our friend John Aswell, I think we should give him a, a thumbs up as well. Yeah, because uh, yeah. he kind of brought us all together, you know. He did. Yeah, right. yeah he did. Work he did. Yeah, well done, John. Start that group. Mm. Come back, right. John. Come back. Stop vlogging again, mate. Yeah. Seriously. I've got a question for you, which is related to this. So I've also had a bit of a milestone this week. I, I tipped over the thousand. Yes, yeah, sorry, Jim. Yeah, well done. No, no, no. That's well done, I wasn't saying because of that, but no, I did. And not, not, course, quite, as in, not quite as important as Darren's, but well no, done. absolutely. Yeah, I got yeah. completely <laughs> covered by that 3K milestone to my little yeah. 1K milestone. <sighs> but no, of course, what, what, what that does is it makes you then think, okay, a thousand subscribers, if you get the view count, then you can you can monetize so all of that sort of thought goes through your head so th th there's a subject to discuss because i know that everybody when it when you reach a thousand you think should i monetize should i not monetize why don't you dispel the myths out there about the fact that it's a pittance <laughs> the money that you get it, from youtube it is, it is a pittance. Uh, and i think me. a lot of people okay. out there just think that we all make well you guys because i'm not there yet but make fortunes out of youtube funding which is clearly complete rubbish. I think, I think James will, will testify to this because I'm pretty sure that you were around and you were involved when I was having this moment about whether I should monetize or not when I got to a yeah. thousand subscribers. Mm. 
And Jane said, look, just, just, just go for it because at the very least it will just pay for your, you know, your uh, epidemic sound subscription every month. And you know what? It's, it really, I mean, I don't, I would imagine I make less than £10 a month out of it. So it's not a big deal. It really isn't a big deal. And, and anyone out there who thinks, all oh, these YouTubers, they make all this money and blah, 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 from monetization and having ads, it's nothing. It really is nothing. Mm, it is nothing. And you've touched on it already, Gary. For me, it, it pays for the epidemic sound. It also pays for my uh, Lightroom Photoshop subscription, a bit of diesel here and there. And for some, it can lead on to other things as well, i.e. the introduction of workshops, um, you know, things like that. But it's a no-brainer for me. It's no brand. Um, you may as well do something. You know, you get a bit of pocket money here and there. We 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 earn that much that basically I've had to cancel my epidemic sound and start making it again because mm -hmm. I can't afford to pay epidemic sound. That's how much our vloggers vlogs get. You know, the reality of it is, it's a ten p mix every week. If we're lucky, yeah. it's, it's it's not a lot. It's if it, if a it, month. If time. it really takes off. It really takes off when you become really big and you're someone like Darren who's getting 20,000 views on videos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, no, but if, if it really takes off, and you, then it's a different matter. But Well, I'll tell you what, I'll put it into perspective then. So obviously, joking aside, that video, I think it has got 27, 28,000 views. So this month, I looked at it today, this month, my channel, over the last 28 days, I've had 35,000 views on my channel and my monthly income this month is 47 pound. Now hold that, hold that thought for a minute. Since I've been monetized, which I think is either a year, 18 months now, collectively, including that 47 pound, my total earnings is 110 pound. So 110, so without that big video, my earnings would have probably been around 55 to 60 pound over 12 to 18 months. I can't remember when I started monetizing. Yeah. So the answer to your question for me, it, it, you know, I'm not going to earn anything out of it, but like the guy said, 60 quid, it was Owen, Owen Clark. Cause I said, oh, I don't know if I'm even going to do it. And he said, well, you might as well. It doesn't cost you anything. And at the end of the year, if it gets you a full tank of diesel to get to Snowdonia and back, then why not do it? And I thought, you know what, when you look at it like that, why not? Mm. What was it, Gary, uh, going back to you, what was, what was it that was putting you off? Was it the, uh, feedback which you feel you may have got from your subscribers or, you, or your viewers just to think that you're doing this just for the money? Is that what you had fear of? Because reality is that none of us here produce videos with the intention of making money. Yeah, None of us put out videos which today seven ways to skin a cat. Yeah, We all produce videos purely for... Skinning um, cats, things I wish I yeah. knew. <laughs> yeah, we, we uh, just do it for the, the for the enjoyment, don't we? Yeah, I think yeah. in all honesty, the reason that I was thinking about it and mulling it over is because I'm a bit of a gobshite. And so this was your platform. This was your soapbox moment, Gary. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of. Do you know what? I kind of. I kind of spend a lot of time 
worrying about other people when I should. Oh, just you don't. What? No, mate. Worry. No, no. Okay. Oh, you no, not, wear it well. No, not not in that. Okay, not in that respect. When I when I say I don't mean. Okay. Stop I, I your nose. No, should we yes. start again? Let's start from the start again, Gal. Count right, you right, in. Ready? Yeah. Three, two, one, go. No, look. I spend a lot of time commenting on other people and judging other people right which is really wrong and i appreciate that i do it and i can't help myself and that's just who i am and and you know if i could go back and start again to be honest with you i probably still do all the same things again and then say oh we should have never done that but so when it got to the point when i you know you can't turn around and say i think that people are getting money and I think there are a lot of people out there who are vloggers who are milking the system when they don't deserve to milk the system. They're getting, they're getting, they're running workshops and I, and I don't, I genuinely don't mean this for any present company. Okay. But there are people out there who are offering workshops, running workshops, selling presets, um, offering this, offering that, and they can't take a photo right? A decent photo. I think you have to have that at least, you at least have to have the fact that you can take a photo that other people are going to look at and go, okay, that's a good quality photo. But because you're on YouTube, like I wanted to say this, um, this is coming into a bit of a monologue and I'm really sorry, but I wanted to say this before. We're all vloggers, right? And we're all, you know, reasonable photographers, but don't be fooled and think that just because we put our stuff out on YouTube, there aren't thousands of people out there who don't put their stuff on YouTube, or hundreds of people out there, who are equally as good as we are, if not better, photographers, yeah. right? And there's a real thing where you get people and they go, oh, I've got, oh, I've got, I've got 2,000 subscribers. Therefore, I'm, I'm the oracle, and I can, I can tell everybody everything about everything. But yeah. it's not true, because there are so many, you have to remember who you are and where you came from. And so, and, and what you, and what your level is, you know, we're not all we're not all brilliant photographers. There are there are. It's really frustrating that I could pick out someone, and I'm not going to mention a name, but I could pick out someone, and I could say, this guy, and everyone go, oh my god, he's amazing, right? And I could then go on to Flickr or Twitter or somewhere else and say, this person whose photos are way better, and they'll go, no, never heard of them, never heard of them. Yeah, I bet got, you. I bet. Sorry, I bet you. Right, that most people will have. If I say, but oh, I don't. I don't want to say that. I'm not, and I'm not slagging off the person. But I bet you, if someone says Thomas Heaton, right, and they go, oh yeah, Thomas Heaton. But when we were talking the other week about Rachel Talibart, I bet you more people know who Thomas Heaton is and who Rachel Talibart is. But I bet you, that if you compared their photos, then they're you know they are at least comparable, and that's what I'm saying. Well, there's a difference there between able to produce a video and have the ability to produce a good video with good interaction yeah. personality and personality where people want to come back for more and more to it's a, a fine photographer the, a some of the best photographers just simply can't do vlogs because they don't have the connection the personality they don't want to or they don't want to they choose not to Mm. It's, you know, but, but let's not let's not get the two mixed up here between making a video about photography and going out doing photography and being a photographer they are completely different i, I spent many years doing photography without making videos yeah, I and, I, 
and ten years of me landscape photography live, yeah. Do you know they are com- they are completely different though, but when it comes to making money out of them, people yeah. will gravitate more to the person who's on YouTube than they will to. So You're if right. you've got someone who's a fantastic photographer who isn't on YouTube and someone who's a mediocre photographer but a good personality on YouTube, the person on YouTube is more likely to get business, unfortunately, from a lot of people than the fantastic photographer simply because of their YouTube presence. It's just marketing, though, isn't it? It's marketing. He's a, market. He's a massive it platform. He's one of the biggest yeah. in the world, isn't it? And for a good photographer, if they can break into the YouTube scene, they've made it, haven't they? Yeah, I but feel equally, like we've gone, we've gone yeah. full circle from critique to here. Like, Dave, is, he knows his art. He's into his art. He, he knows good art, don't you, Dave? You, you're involved in the art movement. And I, I feel that there's, there's so many categories and split up and video and art and photography. At the end of the day, I think art is quite is quite specialised. Charlie Waite, for instance, uh, the, the gallery uh, down south, uh, Bos- Boscombe, is it? I think Boscombe. I yes. Boscombe Key, yeah, yeah. Um, th- th- <laughs> people might think there's a lot of money in that, but do, do you know the one thing that stands out, what we're all missing here, is all these people who are grasping and trying to be popular and doing all this, that and the other, it takes long-term hard work. It doesn't matter how much you try and plug yourself and try and get as many subs and all this. At the end of the day, this for me, if I make it to 65, which I hope I do, it's a long-term hard graft for your art. Where will those people be when I'm 65? Where will they be? Will they be massive, famous YouTube stuff? YouTube might not even be here when I'm 65. Let's face it. What, a week on Thursday? (laughs) (laughs) Next week. I I think now, I mean, I think we all kind of know as well that, that YouTube now is, I'm not, YouTube's certainly not dying. That's, you know, not what, but... I think now to, to make it on YouTube is is hard now. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, you, you, and I'm not and I'm not just talking you, about landscape photography. I'm just talking about anything. I mean, you look well, at like the, the kids that used to do all the gaming. You know, yeah, now but, there's but, so but many. Darren, the question is, if you if if you take YouTube as a platform, and you then say, oh well, do I make it? Don't I make it? We're all very low level. YouTubers, I mean, you know, virtually off the scale in terms of being nowhere. And we do it because we quite enjoy it. Yeah. And we enjoy the process. And the thing about it is, it's bloody hard work. Every single one of us has sat there for hours on end editing a video, particularly the likes of Gary, whose editing skills are off the scale good. And so we do that, we stick it out there and some of us get lucky and some of us, you know, it's a slightly longer slog, but that's not, we're not doing it because it's, it's any kind of end result. We're doing it just because we want to. In the same way that we take pictures because we want to. And YouTube gives us a platform to do it. And I think that what we have in common is that our motivation to do it is, well, we just quite like it. And that's yeah. the longest part yeah. of it. And, and yeah. if somebody watches, great. And if somebody comments, brilliant. Um, but at the end of the day, it's a bit of fun. And I, I think, I think you're crucial for any of us. Mm. And I do think now that 
you have to start a YouTube channel because you want to do it because you enjoy doing it. You enjoy, you, you enjoy the whole process of doing it. You enjoy the interaction. I think now or any point really, if you start a YouTube channel to earn money, that was my point. Yeah. Forget it. Absolutely forget it. You have yeah. to do it because yeah. you enjoy doing it. And luckily I think the six of us, thoroughly enjoy the process of making videos exactly that it's literally just a creative outlet i mean i i went down the field with the lovely mrs g and the pup with with my little osmo pocket and i got some lovely footage of the pup dicking about and normally that would just have gone up on my personal channel or facebook or something on my personal facebook page but i just thought oh, you know, everybody's having a miserable time. They're locked down. You know, a few people might enjoy this. And I got loads of great feedback. Oh, dog having fun. What's, what's not to love? Mm. And I really enjoyed editing that video, splicing together, I don't know, 20 minutes worth of footage down to two minutes, bit of music, happy days. And I thought, oh, do you know what? I'm going to stick that on my channel, call it video number 142, happy days. And that's what I enjoy about it. It's just a bit of fun. Yeah. And I think the navel gazing that goes on around YouTubing, and I, I, not from the likes of us and all the other countless people just like us, but from people who don't make videos, who just make assumptions about, oh, you must be a certain sort of person because you make a video. No, I just good like point. the process of making videos. Good that's point, it. David. Good there. point, David. Very good point, that. The assumptions. I'm glad you've just said that. Yeah, I think some people think that that assumption is like, oh, look at them on YouTube. They're doing it because of X, Y, Z or whatever. All of us here just, we must be mad. We're doing this podcast. We're putting ourselves out there. We're, we're destroying our personalities over the internet every week. <laughs> um, your mum tunes in and you This is my channel, by the way, guys. I've got a reputation. <laughs> I'm just doing a collab with Darren because he's famous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, what's your secret, Darren? <laughs> Birds. Tits. Birds. I, think, <laughs> I think the thing is, I, I think the thing is, though, that you're right. It is about a creative outlet for, for, for us. I think that's the thing. If it wasn't this, I, you know, I was I was talking on, on my Q&A with Sal on Monday. Um, second part. No, <laughs> I'm just joking. But no, but I, I was saying that... Um, I, I I cycle when before photography. I loved. I've always loved photography, but I was one of these guys who cycled through different things, and they were all creative. So I do. I don't know. Have any of you guys heard of Cinema 4D? No. Okay. It's like a, no. it's like a a, um, a, gra a motion graphics program where you can. So like the the podcast, the podcast um, logo. Oh. I designed all that in Cinema yes. 4D. Uh, and then there's an, I used to design golf courses like online for, for a computer game. It's all a creative outlet. And this vlogging now is just another creative outlet for me. It's just another one of those things. And, you know, I think we all do it for that reason. It's just the extra, every, we're all striving for that. You know, Mally was saying he wants to be, he wants his, you know, what we were talking offline previously, weren't we? And yeah. you, and you want to up your game. Why do you want to up your game? Because you want to be creative, you want to Create, expand yeah. as a person mm. and as a creative. Mm. I feel I've got, and I think all of us feel that we've got something that we we love it that much that, like Darren, geez, building that. You know, 
each and every one of us has something we feel we can it's almost like a practice and it's almost like we're practitioners it's a long game for me this isn't a short thing in the long I hope you yeah. guys are yeah. with us all for a very long for, time for me another key part is inspiration to inspire people as well yeah. i mean down yeah, in that yeah, video yeah. you inspire lots of people who are stuck yeah. in this situation to yeah. go out you know what that was no, when yeah. I, the, the the comments that i got honestly i really can't remember how many comments i got on that one video to say oh you've inspired me to give this a go mm. that meant so yeah. much it yeah. really did and i do think i think i just obviously i struck very lucky it was very unintended oh. i just hit something at the right time because people who was in lockdown same as myself and I just thought, oh, what can I do? I do a bit of mm. photography, but obviously being a carpenter, I just kind of knocked up that kind of little bit of a hide with, you know, luckily I, I could I could do that. It was very basic, you know, but I think people started realising perhaps what was in their garden, um, you know, and I think, as I say, I just kind of struck lucky with it, but it was so nice for people to say, you've in, you've inspired me to give this a go. Mate, I'll be, com I'll be completely honest, you've inspired me. Yeah. I've, I've now... I've now got birds in my garden because of you. Fat ball. There you go. Yeah. Shitting all over his double glazing. Yeah. <laughs> rats I tell you what, start, have you had star have you had starlings in your garden? No. Have uh, you seen have you seen Mark? Mark McNeil uh, with his yes, Mark McNeil. Oh, mate, he's Brilliant. mate, he's yeah. got nothing on me. You wait till my video comes out, but Jesus <laughs> Christ, that's next Monday, by the way. They shit. They shit. <laughs> Everybody's all at once in my garden Oof. and about five or six sparrows and honestly the, the noise and the mess they make is absolutely shit. they come in murmurations it, the starlings don't they dirty. Yeah. Starling murmurations yeah. it's a shame dave i mean I, I think i think you've said before that you don't have the patience for it but i'm guessing where you live you must get some amazing wildlife it's funny you should say that i was walking around the lake a couple of days ago and there's a swan sitting on the nest now, this nest is colossal. You can imagine the size yeah. of a swan's nest. And she sat there, and it's only, you know, there's still a few cygnets on the lake from last season. And I tried to get a picture of it. And I, I didn't want to get too close because I didn't want to upset her, you know, because, like, they're they break your arm. I, I couldn't care less if she was upset. It was having a go at me I was more worried about. But I didn't get to, and I couldn't get a picture of it. And I just thought, oh, I need Darren to sort this one out. <laughs> I, I couldn't be asked with it. I want to see Jamie's murmurations again. <laughs> what <a> murmuration? <laughs> <laughs> We're going back in the now. Hang on, hang hang on. aren't we going back to rave? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. right back to the beginning. Yeah. Oh, that'll work well on audio. <laughs> just a murmuration. Just to go back to what we're talking about, I think what we do as well is entertain as well. We bring entertainment, though, in the day. And we also bring in locations where a lot of people can't, can't go. I mean, I do a lot of hiking in the Lays District. There's a lot of people that are physically unable to do that. 
Yeah, yeah so I'm bringing yeah, something yeah. back into their life. Mm. It's the missing out. I, I get a lot of that. I, I must admit, I get loads of people write in and say, oh, you know, I wish I could hike where you hike. And all I can do is pull up in a lay-by, which is why I did the Park and Shoot series. But you're right, James. It, there's a certain vicarious living it aspect. Mm. And I, I, the ones I've done where people have said to me, oh, I didn't realise that place was there. I didn't realise that, you know, that looks as good as it does. You've really inspired me to go to a new place. It's on my doorstep. I didn't know it was there. Yeah, you know, it's and it's stuff like that yeah. as well, sort of location-wise. You show them places that they probably didn't know to, to go and shoot. It's great. Well, I thought, Dave, I thought it'd be a good idea to, uh, if you can talk about your little story you had this afternoon about these sausage rolls. <laughs> There's nothing to tell, really. I got a phone call. It's from a guy that's got a spa shop in, in this, this little one-horse town in the middle of Anglesey called Langevny that no one's ever heard of that's not from round here because everybody's only ever heard of Hollyhead or Llanfair, Pulch, Gwyngill, etc. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's called me up. He said, uh, yeah, I've heard about you. Uh, I said, <laughs> okay. He said, I need a website and I need an app so that people can order a sausage roll and a pasty and a bacon sandwich and swing by my shop and then they'll, like, give me their order number and I'll come out and put it in their car for them. That'd be best it's news so report it Daily Mail ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be super on the hurry up. You know, look, coming soon, coming by next Wednesday on the Apple Store, if you need a sausage Brilliant. roll in Langevny, there'll be an app for Brilliant. it. I'll tell you what, I, we, we, got, we just ordered some paint because Helen's painting our bedroom and uh, one of the, the, the other spare bedroom that used to be Sam's. So I knew Brewers... Uh, there's, there's a paint shop that's open now. So I rung them up and I know the manager quite well, Dave. So I said, I need this paint, blah, 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 blah. I said, I can't come and get it. I said, but Helen's going to come on Monday morning. Is that all right? He said, yeah, fine. No problem. He said, tell her to go to collection bay one. And I said, what's, what's collection bay one? He went, oh, that's the pallet outside the shop with number one written on it. <laughs> 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 so you've got two pallets yeah, pallet one pallet two well i i said to this guy well normally the first phase would be i'd come and have a meeting with you and so i'm quite happy to do that as long as we shout at each other across the car park so that's what i'll be doing 10 o'clock monday morning I'd be like so tell me about the website and the app you need and he'd be like well, I need to be able to take payments online. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you, this, this is something that we could perhaps talk about genuinely now, about making kind of how you would make money out of photography. Now, I look at all of the, 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 the YouTubers, shall we say, that kind of perhaps rely on workshops at the moment. I mean, these guys, you know, my heart goes out to them because these guys must be seriously struggling at the moment. Yeah. Mm. Well, you mentioned Mark McNeil before. His sole income is a freelance photographer. I know. Could you imagine? Could you imagine well, does he not, has, has he not branched out and offered Skype sessions? Because I know exactly. a few vloggers doing that. There's always a mark if you apply your mind. Yeah. Yeah. You've but got to adapt got, the situation. You've got to adapt, but then you've got to aggressively sell that. So there has, has to be, there yeah. has to with, be, with come and join my group, 
when you've got no money and you want to put food on table, you need put food on table. <laughs> Melly's marketing plan. <laughs> <laughs> look at me. No, but you got a point though. You got a point. Like, look out Chris, there. Look, no, but look at Chris Sale, for instance. He's doing online mentoring, isn't he? Uh, yeah. And 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 that's like in in these crazy days. That's a that's a perfect idea, isn't it? Yeah. You know, he's got a lot of money with workshops. I know that for a fact. But yeah, you're right. He's doing one on one sessions. Yeah, and there were, there were a lot of people out there who are who would who would kill for a little bit of that. So yeah. you know, what a great idea. So maybe that's you know, if you can't get one, you can't get one to one workshops. Do one-to-one online workshops instead. You could have a good businessman as well. I, I must admit, I'm I'm doing a bit of that at the yeah. moment. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, the thing is, for me, is that it's a sideline. It's not life or death. But I haven't advertised it. I just activated the button, and a couple of people said, "Yeah, all right, we'll have yeah, some of that." I've put I've put it on the website. I've put online. Come and have a chat with me, and I'll you know I, I I've been using Photoshop for twenty years. I don't push it. Exactly. You've got, you got something to yeah. offer. This but is I, the thing, though. Where do you guys, where do you, go, like, every every week, right, we have a chat, yeah? Every single week we have a chat, and you guys go, yeah, because someone messaged me and emailed me and said blah, 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 and I said blah, 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 blah. But I never, I never get people emailing me, ever. No one ever emailed you me. Must, you must get the occasional death threat. I, well, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. They just, they just literally. They know where you live. They just literally unsubscribe and block me, mate. That's what they <laughs> I never get anyone go, oh, do you know what? Oh, listen, Gary, I was wondering. No, no, nothing. Not a single email. So I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Have you not ever had anybody, like a brand, contact you to say, will you feature this on your yeah. video? Firetech. Firetech did it. Yeah, you, you got to uh, uh, do a review on a gimbal. Yeah, I've got, at the moment, right, I've got, I can't show you them, but I've go. got... You're giving one away, aren't you? Yeah, that um, vlogging. I've got this. This here. This look at this. Right. Slider. I've got. Let me show you. Hang on. I dream of a slider. That that light (laughs) and and the light over there. Bloody hell. And I've also got a gimbal that I need to review. Bloody moaning then. I've had nothing like that. Hang on a minute. I've got a semi. Hang on a minute. That's companies. That's different. But I won't review them until lockdown's over. Because I don't think that it's, I don't think that I should be going out saying to people, you should be spending your money on this right now. So I'll wait until lockdown's over before I review them, even though I should have reviewed them by now. But what I'm saying is, it's I'm talking about, I don't, I never get emails from people saying, you know, ooh, you know, whatever. So what am I doing wrong? <laughs> I think it is quite difficult. There's a, a YouTube channel that I'm watching at the moment, and I'm almost addicted to it um, because it it's something that I can listen to. At the moment, I'm obviously at work, and I love, I love listening to stuff like on on YouTube. And it's the Bio Channel, and it's great. You've got all these different people from all from history, um, you know, whether it be kind of Genghis Khan or or you know, like Saddam Hussein, or you know, it's really really interesting. And this guy. And the way he delivers it, he is just so knowledgeable. And he obviously he scripts it because he has to. But the way he delivers this, he just kind of sucks you in and you're just intrigued to find out what happens next. But he obviously needs to make an income blessing. So he's telling you, you know, um, about a particular German Nazi and all the horrible things he does. And then just before you get into the nuts and bolts of it, he says, 
I'm just going to stop you now because this lovely watch that I'm wearing, he said, it also comes <laughs> in yeah. And I just think that it's such a shame. Because <laughs> Which is available in several different sizes. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, but he, the, way he, the way he advertises his sponsors... It's not the same as that because he grips you. He's brilliant. I say he's got over a million subscribers, and I feel so sorry for him because I'm sure he doesn't want to have to cut in with a sponsor. I wish he could just earn enough money, but so yeah, kind of putting that kind of sponsorship or that advert in the middle of a video, it does drag it down a little bit. Right. Okay. So listen, guys. I think we're now seeing little positive snippets here. There's green shoots. Things, yeah, green shoots. Mm. There's little things coming in news. The stores are slowly opening. B&Q's opening. I think we could grab every little opportunity of positiveness. But the key thing here is we must all keep patient. We'll soon be there, won't we? We'll soon yeah. be at our favourite locations. Just mm. be patient. I've got a, 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 a bit of a, why not? I don't know if it's a question, more of a, a statement really, but I don't think that I'm going to be getting to my beloved Snowdonia, unfortunately, anytime soon. Even if they said lockdown was over today, I think I'm going to feel very uncomfortable in heading straight to Snowdonia. And I'll tell you for why, I just me and, me and Helen, we went out for our normal hours walk uh the other day and we walked down this there's a there's a, a beautiful stretch um where you've got some lakes to the right hand side and there's a load of trees and you walk through this path and it's really picturesque and there was uh i think there was a couple at well ahead of us like two or three hundred yards ahead of us coming towards us uh and there was one other person with with their dog and i said to helen can you imagine if we lived in, you know, kind of one of Britain's um, tourist attractions, you know, for like the Lake District or Snowdon or something like that, and we're walking down this track now with a, a few people ahead of us, and then all of a sudden there was two hundred people on this track, how how would we how would we actually actually feel? And I always think that about Snowdonia. So I'm thinking, I can't wait to get back there. But if they said today lockdown was over, I think I would feel really uncomfortable about heading back tomorrow. Can I just say there, Darren, um, I completely agree with you. I think the psychology of society has possibly been changed for a very yeah. long time. I I think it's going to be a much more safer environment, I think. Everyone in the back of their mind is going to have social distancing. And to be honest, it's going to go on this for a good year, yeah? Places might slowly open, but social distancing will still be there. Yeah. What I'm fear about is once the news is, is out there that lockdown has ended, there's going to be a massive rush to all these beautiful places, Lake District, Snowdonia, and mm. the queues are just going to be massive. Mm. Yeah? I, I think there will be, but I just think wait maybe two or three weeks, you know? Yeah. It's like, it's like uh, as soon as you're told you can go out for an hour's exercise, all the people who weren't going out for an hour's yeah. exercise says, this is now my right, and I'm going to take that right to have an hour's exercise. If you now, if they say everyone can go back, everyone will say, right, I'm going to go out and take advantage of it. But 
within within a couple of weeks people will will stop doing that and it will go back to semi-normal I think yeah you got you got B&Q last week I, I didn't go someone sent me a picture and the car park in St Helens it's, it's quite substantial it's a big car park I've never ever seen it full in years and it was full it's, it's where the people actually just do take on board what they're supposed to do after this which is social distance which is keep your, your distance which is wear masks if that's what you need to do to make you feel better mm. we've got a cottage booked in the Lake District that we're supposed to be going to on I think it's the 16th or 22nd of June, something like that. Um, you know, at the moment I'm thinking it's, it's unlikely to happen, but the reality yeah. is that, you know, if you work as a family of five in a cottage yeah. on our own in the middle of, you know, and I can't believe, I can't remember where we are, somewhere near, what's that circle? Castle Crag Circle, is it? Somewhere yeah, near, Castle, near, near Keswick. Yeah, somewhere near Keswick, yeah, we're, we're there yeah. and, and we're, we're in, you know, in the middle of nowhere effectively, so we are, we would be isolated. And there'd clearly be no restaurants open or pubs open to a point of going in and socialising. But you could realistically distance yourself, your family, away from everybody else, certainly in the Lake District or even Snowdonia. You can keep away from, from other people, but it's the risk that other people that are not observing the social distance and then just like think, oh God, I'm released. I'm going to go yeah. and do what I want. You yeah. know, that, my, 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 my point kind of was that, you know, if you was... I mean, I've got, you know, my oldest friend lives in Coniston. You know, he, he, he was born there, lives there all his life. But, you know, I know Dave doesn't actually live in Snowdonia, but can you imagine these people that are going through exactly what we're going through, this anxiety, you know, of being in contact with people? And then, you know, I might feel, oh, great, I can't wait now to get back to Snowdonia where it's quiet. But if you're a resident of Snowdonia and then all of a sudden you just see cars and motorhomes coming coming down the road, you've got to freak out a little bit. I know I would do. That was my whole point of being on that track. You know, I just thought if this track that was all of a sudden had people coming towards me, mm. I just don't think I'd be, my, my head wouldn't be in the right place at the moment to deal yeah. with that amount of crowds. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping they'll introduce gradual, very gradual yeah. uh, de-restrictions. Well, they've got to, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah. It'll be uncontrollable also, otherwise if they don't. Yeah. People, people basically have a fear of the freedom being taken away from themselves. And this is why a lot of people have jumped on it. Yeah, I think any sort of smidging of positiveness... Then, I mean, the roads, for instance, I went to the hospital the other day, uh, Palace Touches is fine, um, and the, the, the traffic has increased nearly twofold. Yeah, and it, it probably is down to more shops opening, but I think people still need to be patient here. Yeah, it's I not, agree. We're not out of this yet. No, yeah, we're not. Totally agree. Yeah, we need to be. We need to abide. We need to keep to those rules. We need to keep as a community of people. You're right, James. Yeah. We can't lose faith in what we've done all this There's time. There's so much work, and we don't want the second yeah. word to come across and make it harder yeah. for us all. Yeah. Yeah. The R under one. Correct. Yes. Mm. That's yeah. the one, Jamie. Yeah. Right, guys, it's it's knocking on now, isn't it? It's been a it fantastic is. little session, this, hasn't it? Yeah. Fantastic yeah. little session. This has been a great chat, this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're, all, we're almost professional. Good stuff. All right, so... Excellent. So thanks very much, everyone, for watching. Um, remember uh, to head over to Gary. Dedicated channel is next week. 
the photography podcast channel. I'll put a link up in the description and uh, yeah, head over there. And I'll drop that link in my description as well. Okay, so everyone, as I said, be patient, be patient, but above all, just ensure that you keep smiling. Bye bye, Fedor. Cheerio. Cheerio, guys. Bye bye. bye.